Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, hello. Welcome to Twin Flame Transformation Season 2. My name is Michelle and I will be your host and guide. On today's episode, I'm excited to share with you part two of the amazing interview I had with energy healer Chris Ferraro. Chris is also a twin flame, an all-around awesome and super knowledgeable person. If you haven't had a chance to listen to part one, I invite you to listen to last week's episode first. So Chris Ferraro is an international energy coach, speaker, and author of three books. She left a career in social services to lead folks in the energy practices she uses for her own well-being. Chris is a true believer in everyone's innate ability to heal. A former punk rock radio DJ and performing artist, it was in releasing her severe social anxiety that she was finally able to uncover her true purpose and share a message of hope and possibility. As an accredited, certified EFT practitioner with 20 years of tapping experience and a licensed spiritual practitioner with over 25 years in metaphysics, Chris creates healing curriculum that allows true transformation in mind, body, and soul. Her first book, Energy Healing, was a number one Amazon bestseller. Manifesting, her second book, is now in its sixth printing, and her latest, Your Difference is Your Strength, a love letter for anyone who has ever felt left out, debuts in October 2023. When not traveling, Chris lives in Montclair, New Jersey, with her cats Ling and the baby Cheetah. Now, please enjoy part two of this compelling interview. We're going to pick it up, overlapping a bit from last week so we can connect the dots where Chris is talking about healing and her twin flame. When we're in a place of pure desire, things often just show up in our lives without much fanfare. But when it's mixed with longing, it's mixed with, I can't have this or I can't have this now. And it perpetuates that. And so I am forever, forever grateful to him that I no longer carry that deep aching pain around inside of me that was in the background of my life and a motivator in ways that I just wasn't in touch with. Even after so many years of therapy, tons of healing work, millions of workshops and self-help books and all of it, you know, all of that led me to, yeah, but you still need to take care of this. And I didn't know it was there. It, because it was so integrated into everything. Oh my gosh, that makes the most sense of everything I've ever heard. I love your description of longing. I think that is so helpful to hear. You know, I mean, I feel so similar. I can relate to so much of what you're saying, how getting on the other side, and I share this so that people can know that it's so hard to go through the pain, but on the other side, it is worth it. It is that letting go moment you talked about 
that grieving moment that is the hardest thing to get through. I, I feel. Yeah. Uh, oh, the grief was, I thought I would drown in it. And oh. it was very interesting because early on in the days of my practice and to this very day, I attract a lot of people that struggle with anxiety. Makes sense. That's one of the things that I'm, that's my forte. It's something that I'm really an expert in. I also, the second theme that showed up in my practice was grief. And so I had all of these people coming to me who maybe a parent had passed 15 years before and they couldn't get past it, or a pet had passed and they weren't able to move on and they were very much stuck. And I loved working with those people, but I remember feeling very perplexed by it because I'm not someone who has a fear of death and hadn't really experienced death in that kind of way, except for pets, which was always huge for me. I really couldn't understand why grieving people were drawn to me, but I recognized patterns. That's something I've always been very good at. And as I recognized the patterns, there was a curiosity there. And I thought, well, I wonder why, because this is so not my thing. And I became very, very good at working with grieving people and did talks about it and have written extensively about it. And um, it's become one of my one of my things that I that I work with very well. It was only when he opened up the grief that was in me mm. that I went. That's why they came to me. That's why they came to me. And I had done all of this work with all of these people in all of these variety of ways. I now had an access of wisdom practices that I could turn to. But really what I recognized is that grief does not abide. Mm -hmm. I really learned to surrender in a way that I had not been able to, because some part of me knew I was not going to be micromanaging this. Mm. And so I learned to surrender, to um, do the deep dive. Um, there, there was an expression I heard, if you're falling, dive. Uh, and I learned to do that emotionally. Like I'm already in a free fall. Instead of trying to grasp onto a branch to keep from going down, I I would turn in the direction of the fall. Oh, that's so good. And move through it. So it was very, it changed my whole approach to emotional processing because what I recognized is it's human nature to avoid pain. And there were times that I used my spiritual and energetic practices and gifts to avoid doing the work of turning around and going back into the burning building that was my pain. Mm. And yet that was the alchemy that I was looking for. And so he taught me all of that, all of that, because it opened up places within me where I recognized I could not deny what was happening here. It was very, um, yeah, it's, wow, it's only now in talking to you that I'm realizing how much has changed for me as a result of this. That was 
absolutely beautiful the way you said that. And I feel like it, when I'm in a healing session with you, I, like these things are uncovered and it's like you take my hand and you're like, okay, let's go. We're diving. And I'm like, oh, God, <laughs> you make me feel so safe. You're not afraid of the depths. Like, and I think I'm a pretty good diver, but yeah. our own stuff is hard to dive through. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Well, because there's a, there's a biology within us a nervous system within us that goes, no, 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 run, let's run, fight or flight, right? Let's and fight. Ego, let's... Too. Our ego will say, oh, no, no. Right. Or you, or the ego will say, if you go there, you're going to die yeah, or you're going to spontaneously combust yeah. into a thousand pieces. The, the fear that we have of moving through our emotional pain is a hundred times worse than the actual pain itself. Yeah. That is something that I've discovered. And so, yeah, you're absolutely right. Because I do the deep dives into my own darkness, I'm able to do that with other people because I'm not, I'm not afraid of it. I know that I know what it is. I know that it is our liberation that's on the other side of it that it is information and energy and energy is designed to flow and that when we don't resist energy, it flows very easily and well and does what it's designed to do. It is our resistance to the pain, our resistance to the experience. And oh my God, the resistance that came up with this man. Oh my God, resistance to everything. Resistance to looking at myself, to seeing what was right before me, um, resistance to truth, resistance to my own beauty and my own um, my own light. You know, that when I was able to move through the resistance and just do the deep dive, I was able to come out on the other side and feel like I was let out of a prison. Yeah. And he did that for me in oh. the most profound of ways. And, you know, I remember my tapping partner saying, there will come a day when you're going to look back on this and you're going to be immensely grateful to him for all that you have been through from this. And I said, you are out of your mind. <laughs> it was inconceivable. It was inconceivable to me. And yet she was right. Wow. Here I am on the other side and I'm immensely, immensely grateful to him and recognize the part that he has played and that the freedom that I have for no longer constantly trying to fill that void within me, the energy that I now have for creating, creating my life, creating my books has been the most enormous gift. Wow. You know, something you said about, it's like, I'm hearing a couple of things like, the grief we have is also, I wonder, tied to the lack of our spiritual connection. Like we we fake it, we go up to it, but we can't really access it until we clear the depths because that's our connection to the spirit, right? I think that all of us are, are born in, I mean, especially let's just say Americans, okay? People born in the United States. I think that we are all grieving for our connection to God for sure not knowing that it's within us, but our lack of understanding, our lack of knowing what to do about that, our lack of knowing how to connect. We, it's like, it's this dormant 
you know, force within us, except it's not really dormant because even when we're not leading a spiritual life, we are being led to exactly what we need to do for our soul to grow. We can't prevent that from happening. And so I, I do think there's a deep grieving for God, for sure. And I will, and I will also say that in the depth of the pain, I was like, you know what? I'm going to sell everything and I'm going to go live in a monastery somewhere. I was like all ready to just like scrap my whole life and go live and just be in the love of God. And yet the message I got from spirit was like, you're not going to do that. You can't, that's another form of avoidance. Yeah. You, and you're going to take yourself with you wherever you go. There's no escaping this. So we're bringing you everything you need to do what you need to do to heal. Please just let yourself heal. Oh, wow. Beautiful. You know, I, I want to pick your brain about this. Sure. Said something beautiful about soul expansion, right? That's what we're here to do. We clear all of our stuff. Our soul expands. We've got our twin flame who conceptually is the same soul vibration as we are. And what I'm seeing, like a lot of the feminines are doing their work. And I use feminine, doesn't matter what gender you are, how you identify, right? right. But the first one who's who's meant to do this work, because as within, so without, we see it in the, we see it in the world, right? The feminine is rising and the masculine, yes. the patriarchy is falling apart here and dismantling and, and the masculine energy. I feel it's what you even said about your situations. Like he's not there yet. He hasn't done that work. So how does that work with think like, I would love to your, your take on this. So we're souls, we have the energy, the feminines creating that flow. We're clearing our congestion. We're clearing our wounding old belief systems. We have becoming a channel to the divine. Right. And here we've got this soul partner who has the same soul. So our souls expanding and aligning what is going on with them? It's such a great question because as, you know, with other people that I've known who've been through this experience, this is a generalization about heterosexual connections between, you know, male men and men and women that most of the time it's the women who are ready to get to get dirty and get in there and really get get cracking and get healing um and men are in more of a, a of, of an avoidance i feel like men in general are in a state of crisis the divine feminine is absolutely rising we're seeing it all over the place we're seeing um what you could call toxic masculinity within companies corporations celebrities uh, that those it's being um, whistleblowers are shining light on the, that stuff. And it's breaking our illusions um, that we've had about many things. So truth is rising up in a really incredible way. And I think all of us can agree of um, the masculine not being balanced with feminine hasn't worked out so well for all of us and for the planet. You know, this constant action uh, consuming um, is not sustainable. It's not that there needs to be the gentle way, the loving way. And that's coming through in our conversations that we're having about anxiety and depression, mental health. Uh, it's coming up in so many extraordinary ways. I feel that men are without guidance and strong mentors of healthy masculine energy to be there for them, to help them through, 
to show them a new way of being. You know, it's very interesting because so many of female clients that I know that are in partnerships are sharing with me that their partners have become addicted to video games, um, that they have become, a, uh, that there's addiction to online gambling, that there's, and of course, what is addiction? It's, of course, it's our, it's a seeking relief. That's what it is. We're trying to get relief and we do it in ways that are destructive for us and for other people. So I think that that men in general are in crisis. I, I listened to um, uh, an expert who, I'm sorry, his name escapes me, who is there talking about how men are in crisis. And, and this is not a spiritual person. You know, he's a, a professor, I believe, and wrote a book about it. And I heard him interviewed and I was and everything he was saying, I was like, yes, yes, yes. He was saying that uh, medical schools have more female students than male that there are more female CEOs than there have ever been in the history of the universe, that um, women are being given scholarships over men, that women are given positions of authority over men in ways that historically it's never happened. And so women are rising and it's showing up in these really third dimensional ways. And I think that, that men are very, very much lost. But what I know on a spiritual way is that you can only avoid so much. <laughs> you can only dodge so much. You can only game so much that there is a trajectory that is happening and that that trajectory is going to eventually get them to a place in which healing is the only option. And we can learn from wisdom or we can learn for, from woe. For myself, it's been mostly woe. <laughs> and for most of us, I think it's been mostly woe, but we're moving into a time of learning from wisdom, of learning our lessons from joy, but there's no avoiding doing the hard work. So how that's going to affect our twin flames as we continue in these this lifetime and beyond, something is going to eventually equal out what's happening with them so that we're on a same vibrational frequency. That's my belief. Yeah. I love that. I mean, it makes sense that that would happen. And then I think that's hopeful to hear that. So thank you for sharing that, that, that is inspiring and hopeful. It has to, right. It ha they're there. The more the feminine heals, the more they're pulled to us, they will do their healing just like we did our healing. It's going to be a huge source of relief for them. Honestly, it's going to be a huge source of relief for them because women being in their 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 divine feminine, being in balance within themselves, being able to be the true essence of who they are, of of being our true selves, there's nothing more appealing. And so it may feel threatening right now because it just feels new. And so that maybe that may feel like that for some people that they're just like, whoa, I don't wait. I was told we were supposed to be this. And now this is men and women. And, uh, uh, uh. you know, we were all born into these limited confines and structures. And of course, that's what's happening now with the question about gender and sex, breaking the barriers of the old stories about who we were supposed to be as women and men. And so it's going to be messy for a little while. It's going to be messy. But out of that, I think is going to be permission for each and every one of us to embrace 
our feminine and masculine natures in ways that are really authentic rather than than playing a role we've been told to. Ooh, that just gave me goosebumps, Chris. That was beautiful. You know, something you said about men don't have a healthy role model, right? I want to say this to because I know a lot of in this community, men who are in the divine feminine, who are the ones woken up first. And so I want to say this to all of you out there. You may be the leaders. Yes. The masculine, showing them how to show up in your femininity in a very powerful way. And I know it hasn't been easy for a lot of you. I sit with you in this. I know it's very challenging to be in a male body and be challenged that you're the, you're going through the feminine, all this emotion that you're going through, right? But you are the leaders. You can be here to help the masculine. And also for those of you who, you know, are non-binary and are, and are changing the gender, you are our teachers, like Chris said. Yes. Well, there's a song that just popped into my head by Alanis Morissette that's called In Praise of the Vulnerable Man. And it is such a beautiful song. I believe that she wrote it about her husband and the father of her kids. And it's there's a, a, a lyric in the song where she says, like, basically lead, lead your guys home. Like, you know, you're the vulnerable man, you're the example, and here's all these things. And I'm in honor and awe of you for being a strong, vulnerable man lead, lead the rest of your guys home with you. Like, you know, bring, bring them along with you. And I felt so inspired, you know, when I heard that song and I, and I very much feel that when I come across these and listen, men are doing it. I have to tell you, they are doing it. I have found myself drawn to watching things that I don't even know why I'm watching it. And one of them was a documentary film about surfers And I love looking at the visual of surfing. If I could like, you know, snap my fingers and do something, I would be a surfer. But me too, me too. There's something about it, right? It's like, it's like flying on water, right? It's the most beautiful thing to look at. But to watch an entire documentary about these surfers and it was Kelly Slater, who's a very famous, one of the, probably the most famous surfer, but he was part of a sort of a ragtag group of young men who were in high school were surfing and it follows them as they rise up and the surfing world changes and they all um, achieve some sort of notoriety in some kind of way. And the, the people, the, these young men who are now all adults, them they're being interviewed throughout this whole film and the way they're talking about i had all this money and i became an addict and then i had to heal or i had all this jealousy and ego and it broke up my friendships and then i had to heal that so we could be friends again the vulnerability of these surfing guys talking about their healing growing into adulthood being partners some of them being fathers and how they all went on their own healing journey so that they could love one another as a group and come back together as adults was one of the most beautiful things that I have seen in so long. I wept. I wept throughout the entire movie because I thought, you know, and they were just being so honest. Oh, I was so egotistical. I was filled with envy because he was achieving more than I was. There was this radical honesty 
and openness. And they all in their own ways went on a healing journey hmm. and how that's reflected as the grown up now, middle-aged guys that they are now. It was so cool. So I see these little things and I go, here's an example. Here's more proof. Here's that it's happening. If we can hold that image that will help them get there as well, right? Rather it than worry and the concern about them. And I think that we as women, it's in our cellular memory that since the dawn of time, women have been drawn together to share their experiences. We've gathered around wells and rivers, you know, and fields where we have come together to share what our experiences are. And Boys have been born into a world where they've been told not to cry, where they've been told that they had to be strong, where they've been told they're, what they're not allowed to be. And we have shunted that within them. And now they are starting to open up and to reclaim it. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, let's cheer them all on, please. Like if all everyone who's listening, please let's cheer them all on because it's not their fault. It's not their fault. To this very day, male babies are held less than female babies. Oh, man. To this wow. very day. And with what we know about attachment theory, which isn't really theory, it's just absolutely real and truth, but we call it that. That being held creates neural pathways in the brain, allows different aspects of ourself to develop, that these are ch child development markers that happen from being held and being nurtured from crying and someone picking them up. And they have gotten a lot less of that than they have needed. So there's a reason why women get together and are complaining about, well, he just doesn't open up about his feelings and he shuts down and I try to talk to him. There's a reason for all of that. So let's, yes, let's hold a vision of them being able to express and get their needs met just like we are. Mm -hmm. Right. And the more we get our needs met and heal ourselves, the more it will pave the way for them. Yes. Yes. We, yeah, we can't do it for them. Yep. And, and, and how often have we tried? Yep. <laughs> the twin flame journey will, will take you on that. It'll dangle yeah. that thing in front of you. How many times have I tried to make that happen for somebody else? But we, we can't do it for them. But you're right. As we evolve, they're coming up behind they us. Pull up, they, we pull them up. We have to hold patience, compassion, all that stuff. That's so hard to do sometimes. It is so hard to do sometimes. Right. But when, right, when we get together like this, yeah. and to have this level of conversation we invite other people into the compassion too oh i love it i i was telling you this before we started recording but right before we got on the call i felt an overwhelming sense of emotion and gratitude and it just felt so powerful to meet with you in this way to talk about twin flames in a safe space from someone who's been through it and came through the other side and to share your wisdom with the listeners, I think it's such a gift. So thank you, thank you, thank you for coming on and doing this. And where can people find you, Chris? They can find me in all the social media places. And you can see what the spelling of my name is. I'm on Facebook and I've got a professional page on there too. And I'm on Instagram and I'm active in social media because I'm a photographer. So I like to share pictures and little inspiring messages and just things from my journey. 
They can find me on my website, which is chrisferraro.com. And all of my books are available at, you know, the big sellers like Barnes and Noble stores and amazon.com and at pretty much any place else. So, um, you know, St. Martin's is part of Macmillan. It's one of the top five publishers in the world. So I am very grateful to be part of a big family. And so, yeah, you can find me through any of those things. And if you go to my website, you want to sign up for my newsletter. I'd, I'd love to have you as a subscriber. I do very content rich newsletters. It's not about sales. I share things that I'm doing, but mostly it's a way of, of connection and to share our beauty and to share God's grace. Beautiful. And I love your books. I have energy healing and manifesting. And one of my favorite things in the manifesting book, as you said, I used to, when I worked as a social worker, and you can correct me if I'm paraphrasing this wrong, but I used to get a struggle with paycheck to paycheck and paycheck. And once I started working for myself, the universe always pays me on time. That is a hundred percent true. I definitely grew up with working class values. My parents were middle class, lived beneath their means, very fiscally conservative. Um, and those were the values that I grew up with. And, but I live paycheck to paycheck for my entire adult life until about five or six years ago. And I stayed in social services. I wasn't a social worker, but I was a counselor in social services. I, um, you know, in that realm, you're not paid a lot of money, but it actually didn't matter because I had a consciousness of never enough, not enough. And so never enough, not enough showed up everywhere I went. And I stayed, I worked in that field for 15 years, but it was about six or seven years too long. Mm -hmm. um, it helped to develop me as a professional in the early years. And there were lots of blessings in the beginning, but I stayed longer than I should have. And things got very bad there. And I couldn't conceive of a, of a time when um, I couldn't live without a regular paycheck. Uh, it was too anxiety producing for me to think about not having a stable paycheck right on time. And I, and I also want to say I did my healing practice part-time for years before I became full-time. I've been a full-time, fully self-employed, only source of income is me for almost nine years. And I am out of debt. I have more money than I ever thought possible. Uh, I do not do any of the marketing sales things like you come to see me and you have to sign up for a $10,000 coaching program. I don't do that. Everybody comes session by session because I, I trust them and I don't have to lock somebody into something. But me embracing who I really am and doing what I love has been the best financial security possible. And it is exactly counterintuitive to what we are told. We are told you can't follow your dreams. Dreams don't pay. Um, literally, I will have business come down. And usually it happens when I'm doing rewrites on a book or I have a big creative project I'm working on. And then the second I'm ready, business comes back up. Suddenly I'm flushed with clients more than enough. Um, I can have a client graduate from my services. Suddenly someone is inviting me to come to their company and do work with their staff. And it's more than what that person would have paid me over several weeks. So it's been absolutely incredible. So, so I say to all of the, all of the healers and training out there, and those of you that are thinking you can't 
you know, that you can't support yourself. It, ha it hasn't been the case for me. And I was absolutely terrified of that. And it, it's really worked out better than I could have ever imagined. Oh, so inspiring. And I just love how you said that the universe always pays me on time. Always. I, mean, that is, I love that. I love your book. Sometimes, you know, when we're suffering, we can get so caught in our head. It's like, we can't even see clearly of what we need to do. And I just open the book. I'm like, right, let me just do some tapping or let me just do some deep breathing. Let me, or let me, let me dive. They are very much both of them how-to books and they are written in the most practical way ever. Uh, you know, you mentioned that I made things understandable. It was because I had to make things understandable for myself. You know, I would take, uh, you know, because I'm left brained and I'm logical and I'm a pragmatist, you know, I would take all of these things. And if it was too esoteric, it didn't, it wasn't real for me. I wanted um, and was drawn to the things that I could actually use to make real change in my life now. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, out of that, I started teach, I taught myself and then I taught other people and then it just turned into the books, but the books are very friendly and gentle and you can open up to anywhere and find something that you can do. There's lots of journal prompts and meditations and the manifesting book comes with, uh, several, um, free resources. So all of the meditations, visualizations, and journal prompts I made into audios and PDFs that are available for free on my website, manifestingbook.com. You just go in and you sign in and you have access to all of that because who wants to read a meditation? You want to listen to it. <laughs> so I made them multimedia, but that was just something I just did myself because I know what I like in materials and I wanted to bring it to life to, for people. And there's a couple of lists of Spotify song lists that I've done, but I actually went into Spotify, created the lists. And so you can click on them and the lists are all there and you can listen to the songs. Who wants to look at a list of songs when they can listen to those songs? Oh, that's fantastic. I will put all your info also in the podcast notes. So anyone can oh, nice. learn more Thank of that you. there too. And and I had asked you if you wouldn't mind, because I love your prayer so much, if you wouldn't mind saying a prayer for the Twin Flame Collective as we sign out. I would love to do that. I'm I'm, I'm going to pray not just for um, all of the listeners and, and, and your folks in your community, but for our, our other halves as mm -hmm. well. Beautiful. Yeah. And this is an affirmative prayer. And I just invite everybody to allow themselves to uh, receive. Yeah. Ah, so I close my eyes because I let go of the outer vision and tune into the inner vision where I feel my connection to all that is. And I remember on a level that's deeper than thought that there is one power and one presence, one divine essence that has created absolutely everything that has ever existed or will ever exist. And it has certainly created me and Michelle and everyone that's listening to this audio now and a, a thousand years from now, that the energy and the connection is always there. And so God is within everything we love and within everything that we don't. There is no duality. There is no separation. And as I speak these words, I'm simply activating an inherent truth that lives within each of us. 
that we are so much more powerful than we recognize that we are. And so what I'm knowing on behalf of each and every one of us that in the right time, in the right way, veils are lifted and we get to feel the unconditional love that the universe has for each and every one of us exactly as we are. God looks at us and sees only good, sees only love, sees only wholeness. And what I am knowing is that we are brought into alignment with that, choosing those thoughts and beliefs that we are good, that we are whole, that we are perfect in the eyes of the universe. And what I know on behalf of each and every one of us is any place where there's a disconnect from that, any place where there may be pain or longing or confusion that God is unlimited and eternal and is not bound by time or space. And so the presence of love moves through each and every one of us, uprooting, dissolving, and neutralizing that pain, allowing it to be transmuted back into love. I know that each and every one of us is recognizing what is ours to do in our healing journey and what is others, that we are are within what we are able to work on and control. And at the same time that we are allowing the act of surrender to move through us and that surrender is drawing us forward. It is not giving up. It is giving over. So for each of us, let's just give over to spirit right now all that no longer serves, all that feels impossible, all that hurts. Let's just let it go, giving it over and trusting that that which created us knows what to do with this, that the power that took hydrogen and oxygen and brought it together to make water, the water that's in 90% of our bodies, certainly knows what to do with all of this. I know for everyone listening, that we are stepping forward, honoring our true essence, standing in the light of who we are, and allowing that light to be visible more than it ever has before. And in that place, what I know is it's true of our, our twin flame partners. What I am knowing is that each and every one of them is divinely guided and led in their own healing that everything happens right on time, that everything that they need to know, everything that they need to process, everything that they need to surrender is happening in perfect union, in perfect divine timing, that there are no accidents. And so we send blessings to them. We send blessings to them for the growth, for the expansion, for the healing, for the transformation for their willingness to show up in the ways that they have to further our healing and the evolution of our soul. And what I am knowing is that wherever it is possible for twin flame unions to come together in healthy, happy partnership, I know that, that is happening at the right time and in the right way. That 
there's nothing that needs to be figured out that God already knows. And so what I see is each of us is filled with compassion for ourselves, for one another, for the human journey that comes with some stuff. And each of us is also filled with inspiration and clarity and wisdom. And that we are moving forward knowing that everything that we have experienced is because we are advanced souls and that we are here to be a vessel for light and love, to do what Michelle is doing, to take her struggle and pain and to transmute it into relief for so many others, for me and the anxiety journey to work with people to bring that relief, that each of us is here to be in service to humanity in our own unique, special, beautiful way. What I know is that each of us are getting greater clarity on that. We're being given everything that we need, including support in the physical and non-physical realms, and that we are moving forward ease and grace guiding the path, loving ourselves more than ever before, and with deep, deep, deep gratitude for answered prayer in all of its forms. I know that God's light and love is here, and we allow it to move us forward. So thank you, Spirit, for the growth. Thank you for the love. Thank you for the incredible ministry that Michelle is doing in this podcast. Thank you for everything that's showing up right on time to support each and every one of us. Thank you for the relief and thank you for the love. And now I move into that place of deep faith. And when I think of faith, I think of gravity. Gravity is this force that's operating 24 seven. It has never failed me. It has kept my feet on the ground every moment of every day. I don't think about it. I simply trust and know that gravity knows what it is doing. And in this way, the universe knows exactly what it is doing. So I place us all into the arms of infinite oneness and love. I give us over. I surrender completely. And I let God be God and know that this is so. And so it is. Amen. Mm. Amen. Oh, thank you, Chris. That was absolutely beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on and having an opportunity to talk about this. I haven't been able to talk about this. So it's great. Oh, gift for all of us. So thank you. Thank you.